My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at My Pillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TOD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TOD. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You have tuned in to America's Home of Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. It is my pleasure to be here today. Something, there's, of course, so many things vying for our attention. By the way, email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, opinions always interspersed with some adoration and praise. So a lot of stuff vying for our attention, but I, I kind of feel like today I want to start with um, Trump DeSantis. Trump DeSantis. You may have seen that former President Donald Trump um, said that Fox and Friends... Fox and Friends, the morning show on Fox News, has, quote, gone to the dark side. <laughs> gone to the dark side. Only in ways only Trump can can say this. Now, I don't watch Fox and, you know, Friends. I um, I have, you know, seen it. Um, you know, I'm familiar with the people on there, assuming it's the same, the same three people, which I believe it is. So I'm, you know, familiar with the show and so forth. Um, but Trump says they've gone, <laughs> they've gone to the dark side uh, because he posted this on his social media platform, Truth Social. He says this, Fox and Friends just really botched my poll numbers, no doubt on purpose. That show has been terrible. These are Trump's words. Gone to the dark side. <laughs> um, they quickly, know, uh, quickly quote the big turning point poll victory of almost 60 points over the number two Republican and then hammer me with outliers. So basically what this is, what this is, Trump was in a, the turning point conference was over, over the weekend, which we alluded to or talked about yesterday. But Trump 
in in the poll at turning point at the turning point conference or whatever they call this, Trump was a massive had a massive victory, right? I think this thing was held even in Tampa. So Trump had a massive victory. He says almost 60 points. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But apparently when Fox and Friends was talking about Trump and polling for, again, we're polling polling for the 2024 Republican nominee, right, for president, uh, the presidential nominee for the Republican Party uh, in, in 2024. Trump says, you know, instead of talking about that, what Fox and Friends wants to talk about is other polls which show which show Governor DeSantis ahead in at least certain demographics. And this is, I don't have the audio for this. I just read about, I didn't want to talk too much about, I just want to set this up. I want to set this up. I want to talk a little bit about Trump. I want to talk about DeSantis. I asked, I asked Oz before the show, who do you want? I mean, if you had your choice right now, if you could pick DeSantis or Trump, who do you, who do you want? So that's kind of, you know, we're at a point now where this is starting to take a little bit of shape, a little bit of shape, and I think we need to uh, understand, understand the shape it can take, understand what the strategy is going to be no matter who the nominee is, and just talk through this. Because, I mean, I personally like both of them. There's there's lots of, lots of uh, good as far as, the fight goes as far, as far as endorsing values that are consistent with the constitution and conservative principles. I mean, I think both of these guys have a good, good track record, even though DeSantis is more of what I would consider a, what would I say? A, uh, ideological conservative. I think Trump is more of a practical, uh, governing type of individual who, because it's so practical ends up on, conservative side of the ideological spectrum many, many times. But anyway, so Fox and Friends is talking about this, and they, uh, Steve Ducey, Steve Ducey, one of the uh, co-hosts, I guess, on the show, was referencing the poll that Trump won at Turning Point, massive victory. Trump would probably say the biggest victory of any poll in the history of polls. Uh, but Ducey says... You know, this is a little different, this poll, than a couple of other polls we've seen over the past couple of weeks. And so he's referencing some other polls where DeSantis, again, is polling better, and again, these certain polls in certain age, certain demographics. And he continues, Ducey says, so it's like the young people who are activists at the Turning Point event like the former president, but looking at these other polls, there's a different answer. And then uh, Brian Kilmeade, another co-host on the program, he chimes in and says, you know, if you look state by state, DeSantis is showing tremendous state in New Hampshire, Michigan, and and Florida. So shaping up, shaping up. And again, we're still a ways off. We've got a midterm. I'm not, please don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to blow past the midterm here. But the fact remains, the fact remains, we have a, a lot of work to do. We've got to win the House, we've got to win the Senate, and we've got to win the presidency in 2024. We need to win the House this coming election. It'd be nice to win the Senate as well, but we can't win, obviously, the presidency until 2024. 
So who's the nominee? What makes the most sense? What are the pros and the cons of this? And this is shaping up, and it's interesting. Isn't it? And I know that there's – and I'm look, I'm broadcasting from Indiana. <sighs> so uh, inevitably there are some of you listening to my voice who want to see Pence, who's, who's uh, you know – maybe kicking the tires a little bit on this and looking at throwing his his name into the ring or, or whatever. Um, I, I would just say this. I will say this. Um, I, think, I think Pence had really better think this through. If he's going to go toe-to-toe with President Trump in a primary, I... I I just can't see this ending any other way than what I'm imagining in my head, which would be, you know, let me pause by saying, let me pause right there and go back in time. Do you remember when Pence took the offer to be vice, the vice presidential running mate of Trump? Do you remember the, the news the next day? And it was for the next little bit. I'm sure you remember this. If you don't remember, you'll remember when I say this. But the story the next day was Pence has committed political suicide. Pence has gone out here and has said, you know what? I don't care about my political future. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to join forces with Trump. Trump was, remember, at that time supposed to be defeated, be humiliated. Pence was going to be laughed out of town, laughed out of the country and... You know, Indiana would have, again, if you follow the narrative, would have had nothing to do with Pence again and all this sort of stuff. That was that was how it was framed back in 2016. I would venture to say here, and I know that we got Pence people in the audience, so please, I'm just trying to tell you what I think. This is Don't read any more into this, but I just think if the assessment is that Mike Pence can go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump on a debate stage and not... I, I Let me say this. I think the likelihood that what was predicted about Pence's political future in 2016, I think the likelihood of it happening, should he, have, should he do that in 2024, run against Trump, is much, much, much more likely to be the case than it was in 2016. And interestingly, almost for... The exact opposite reason, right? He was supposed to have been ending his political career by joining forces with Trump. And now, almost ironically in a sense, it could be the end of his political career should he decide to face Trump and go against him in a primary. Not even saying that's going to happen. And again, I know there's some... I'm not trying... I'm Look, I come here and tell you what I think. And I'm not... You know, I, I have... I've had the pleasure of, of meeting, at the time, what, Congressman Pence, I guess. He might have been governor at one time when, we, when I met him. I can't remember exactly. But nothing but gracious and, and, and kind. And uh, we have, when, they, when he was vice president, um, we had the good pleasure of attending uh, the vice presidential Bible study, which was a fantastic group. He was not there, but a fantastic group of people. So... I'm just telling you my assessment. Um, I just think that there needs to be a lot of thinking done about this because, I mean, candidly, I don't want to see that be the result. Um, anyway, uh, 
That's Pence versus Trump. What about DeSantis versus Trump? This is an interesting dynamic because, as I've said, in fact, if you go back in time, ever so brilliantly on this program, (laughs) I said that there's two things, two primary things that conservatives like me and many conservatives like you are really aggravated at Republicans about. One is, and I guess they're, they're, they kind of intertwine sometimes, but there's two general areas of, of problems for committed, principled, constitutional conservatives and some of the people that we vote for. Number one, they will talk a good game during the election season. They will talk a good game when it's time to do fundraising. They will try to bring their base in and say that they're the most conservative person on the ballot. And then when it's time to go, to, and I know that this is this is a common strategy, common political strategy where you secure the base. And then, of course, the only other person that the base can go to in the general election is someone who's at least a liberal and probably in today's world a radical leftist. And so what are we supposed to do? They get us, you know, they secure our vote during the primary. You vote for that person. And then they strategically say, well, I've got the base. Let me go out and try to get as many people in the middle as possible. Now, I want to say I'm not against being a big tent party in the sense without compromising values. I just think you can do that by how you communicate the ideas. I think the ideas that we have, the ideas that we say that we embrace, are very, very popular. I believe that that is, that is the case. I believe that Americans like liberty. Americans like free market capitalism. I don't care what Twitter says. I don't care what the media says because they distort reality and truth. I think that the average American... The average American, if, and if you go back in time, you can see this. The reason the average American votes against a lot of these Republicans is not because of the ideas. Now, some of them certainly do, but that's why they want to demonize. They want to demonize the Republican candidate because it's if you can make someone personally dislike the candidate, it becomes harder, of course, to vote for them, even if their policies and ideas are are more in line with what the individual voter believes. And I think that this is that this is true. I do. Now you'll see polls out there that that will show that certain liberal policies are more popular than others. And I don't doubt that in certain parts of the country. I don't doubt that with certain issues. But I do think oftentimes the way that these polls are con, uh, conducted, the way that sampling is done, the way the questions are asked, I think that that absolutely has. An impact. I think there's also an un, well, there's an effect. I can't think of the name at, at the moment, but there's a phenomenon that has been uh, said to have happened, at least in some polling uh, instances, where people who say take a phone call don't want to go on the record and tell the person on the phone something that they believe is, you know, whatever you want, politically unpopular at the moment. And what that really means is the things that are deemed politically unpopular are conservative ideas, even though I maintain that the opposite is true. I, I think that we are, that Americans are the victim of a great, I don't know if you call it a, I guess it wouldn't be a Ponzi scheme, but a, 
we're we're victimized. We're, we're victims of this strategy where the radical left side is built up and supported by social media, big tech, the media in general, and then the voices on the conservative side are called racist, bigots, homophobes, and all these sorts of things, and their voices are silenced, so it seems as though there's less of them. You factor in the likelihood that some folks don't like to openly share their conservative principles and beliefs, Um, and you factor in that some of the coolest, the hippest amongst us are amongst the the most woke that we have in culture and society today. So some people just want to associate. It's just like they've done the study, right, with uh, Starbucks. Starbucks changed the logo or made the logo smaller in a study on their cups, and people didn't like it because a lot of people want you to see. They want you to see they're drinking Starbucks because of how they think that makes them appear. They want to be a part of this brand and the sophistication of what Starbucks has come to mean, which is mind-boggling to someone like me, when you realize some of the crazy, nonsensical gibberish that ends up being perpetrated or, I guess, embraced by the radicals at Starbucks. Anyway, anyway, so all this is to say, all this is to say, One reason Republicans, or excuse me, conservatives are often upset at Republican candidates when they get elected, they're not as conservative as they at first told us they were, and that's by by strategy. The second reason is they get in there and they kind of wuss out, I guess is how I would say it. They get in there and they have the right ideas and principles, but they think, man, it's a lot tougher than I thought. Kind of like getting invited to the parties. I'm I'm shunned. I'd like to have a position on this committee, but I can't because Mitch McConnell or whoever tells me I can't be that conservative. I've got to compromise. I've got to water down my principles. Whatever it is, maybe the media is too mean to this person. We've seen a lot of people capitulate. So it's either strategically they change their values, their principles, which makes one wonder if they actually ever had them to begin with. Or number two, they get there and they're cowardly. And what Trump what Trump brought to the average conservative who thought that who has thought this for I mean decades, what Trump convinced the average voter was he's not the latter. He's not he's not the guy who's going to cower in the corner. And it's obvious, right? Completely obvious. In fact, because he was not willing to cower in the corner and capitulate and beg at the, you know at, at the, the foot of the media for forgiveness and acceptance, they just continued to amp up the attacks. That's why we're here, my friends. We're here because we, for the first time, have a president, well, had a president or a candidate or a leader of the Republican Party who is willing to fight back no matter what allegation is levied, no matter what is said, no matter what tactic is used, he is not in the slightest bothered by this. He's not. Well, he's bothered in the sense that he wants to respond, but it does not dishearten him whatsoever. In fact, I think in a strange way, it actually lights his fire. And so DeSantis has this too, right? Now, I've got some thoughts on that. Anyway, 
But as we as this begins to shape up and as you begin to look and think, what is, you know, look at the problems in this country. It's not just that there's ideological problems. That's certainly the case. There's also a problem that has to do with a willingness to have the fight. And sometimes you can have the right ideas, but people are just, you know, too they don't have the fight in them. And that you can't say that about Trump. You can say other things. But I don't think it's a fair assessment to say that Trump doesn't have the fight in him. And, or, and I don't think you could say that about DeSantis either. But DeSantis has also not been in that position, which is something to, that we uh, that would certainly change the name of the game. Although he has certainly held strong in the position he has had, consistently doing the right thing, thumbing the nose at the media, always being on offense. I love that about the guy. I'm really long in this segment, but I want to talk about this today, so sit tight. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at MyPillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed, too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TODD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Todd. Welcome back, my friends. Youngest daughter, or excuse me, oldest daughter is at camp this week, so... Makes things a little bit different here. I know many of you have those same experiences. We do as well. Take the good with the bad on that sort of thing. But anyway, let's continue this discussion with about Ron DeSantis, President Trump. You know, so when I think when I think about the next president, I think that first of all, the level of corruption that we are dealing with, the level, I, the, whatever you want to call it, the deep state, the um, the, bu- the bureaucratic straight, uh, state, the bu- bureaucracy, whatever it is, the swamp, the federal government is bloated and completely and utterly out of control in so many ways. And I think, you know, some people think, and I, I, understand this to a point. I don't come to this conclusion, but I hear some people will say, well, you know, Trump is just going to make, you know, there's such a deep hatred for Trump that putting him back on the ballot is going to turn some people away who might vote for, say, a DeSantis. That certainly might be the case, but I also think that that minimizes and undermines the media's ability to turn people against DeSantis. They've already... They've already done it in the, to the extent that they're trying to to damage him as a governor, right? I mean, this is pretty obvious 
but they haven't thrown everything at him yet. They've thrown everything at Trump. They've thrown everything at Trump, and Trump is still, as I've seen, according to polls anyway, the most popular politician in America today, which is, which is, I mean, remarkable. Whoever, and I really mean this, I don't have, I saw an Oz this before the, the program, I really don't, I, I'm not, I'm not a personality guy, meaning I don't necessarily, whichever one of those is the, is the nominee, I'm going to fully support. And maybe there's another nominee that I would fully, fully support as well. Whoever that nominee is, I would want that person to be both committed to conservative values, the Constitution, the role of the presidency, and to have a lot of fight in him or her. A ton of fight. I think the I think honestly, I think it's unfathomable to the average person. I don't think I understand a certain percentage. Let's say maybe I understand, I don't know, throw out a percentage. 30%, 10%. It's not 80%. I don't understand the pressures and the fight required to the level of what Trump knows. And I in a weird way. In a weird way, I think if Trump is to run again and Trump is to win the, well, and, and Trump is to become president again, then there's a part of me that thinks that from the left's perspective is worse because you gave him four years and then you gave him four more years to stew, to plan, to strategize without any, yes, he's still hated in the media, but it was, I mean, the amount of obstacles that were put in the path of President Trump day in and day out, right? By the media, by the left, by the, I mean, impeachment calls every seven seconds. I mean, you know how it was. So now if you gave him eight consecutive years, he would have still had the responsibility of running the government, so to speak, running the executive branch, being commander-in-chief, and also having to try to have the political fight. That's It's hard to accomplish both of those things successfully because of the amount of focus and attention that, that it takes. It's almost like a halftime, right? If you're, if for those of you that watch sports, um, a halftime, or if you're a hockey fan, they've got intermissions between first and second and the third or second and third periods. And so there's a there's a time where they get off of the ice or step off the field or off the court or whatever. And they you know kind of take a deep breath, they adjust the strategy. If you're a football fan, you see a lot of these coaches will come back with second half adjustments, right? You might play, you might adjust your coverage or you might uh, you know if you're on the offense, you might put out a different formation. You might see that the defense isn't responding in a certain way to a certain formation that you know how to take advantage of the defense, and then you can readjust. You can you can do that on the fly, too. It's just harder when you have to call a play every 40 seconds in the NFL, right? Versus when you, the time stops, all the coaches can get together, all the players, there's no more distractions for whatever amount of minutes you have. You sit down and you say, okay, this is what we're thinking. This is the strategy, the adjustment. I think 
to give Trump these four years, and he's still out there making speeches, he's still remaining popular. I've never seen anything like this. There, there's, as far as a, a former president remaining as popular as he is today amongst average average Americans, just average everyday Americans. In fact, I drive, there, there's a barn across the road from where we are right now that's got still, here we are, Two years almost, after a year and a half anyway, after the election, get close to two years, and there's still a banner on this huge banner, make Keep America Great or something like that. Trump, but it says Keep America Great, I think. Anyway, you see flags, you see hats, you see rallies. This is this is unheard of in modern modern political times. I I don't know if it's happened. You'd have to go back in history. I don't know. Anything in American history that's remark- remotely close to this. Because, because of the fight and because of the uh, commitment and the way that he connects with the people that vote for him, I mean, it is a deep bond. Now, DeSantis can do that too. We've not gotten to know DeSantis on a national level as much as we have Trump. I'm just saying that the media and the Democrat Party, run by the radical leftists, may have gotten more than they bargained for here if Trump can somehow become the nominee again because he's had four years to strategize, to learn from the first four years, right, this halftime, so to speak, to re-strategize. Now, some some will say he's damaged himself beyond repair, January 6th and all this sort of stuff, but I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't put it Certainly wouldn't put it past past him to to pull this thing off. So anyway, timeouts in order long in this segment, my friends. Sit tight. Listening to conservative, not better talk. I am your host, the one and only Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at my pillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed, too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TODD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TODD. You know, I come in here prepared every day. I have a bunch of things in the stack of stuff. Hat tip to the great Rush Limbaugh. Oz just asked me during the break, do you think DeSantis is even going to run? And I, that's a great question. Right. I mean, both obviously a lot of people are looking at this, you know, a lot of people and a lot of people are playing off of what Trump does. I if I had to take a guess today, if DeSantis, if if Trump declares his candidacy, do I think DeSantis runs? I don't think that. So we've been making this comparison today just because we don't know how it's going to shake out. Um, I think. I'm pretty confident Trump's uh, planning on running. I've thought this the the entire time, you know, after 
after 2020, but I don't know. I mean, there's there's still developments. Trump teases it, but it's it's pretty clear um, that he at least wants us to think <laughs> that he's interested in running. And maybe maybe there's still a chance that he doesn't. I I just I don't adhere to that. But that I could be wrong. Uh, but does DeSantis run if Trump throws his name in the hat? And I don't I don't think he does. And I don't think that it's smart to. In fact, I I almost wonder. I was just telling Oz this during the break. I I feel like in 2016 when Trump picked Pence, if you remember, there's a whole story. I don't want to go into it, but it was had been decided previously that. Gingrich, Newt Gingrich was actually going to be the vice presidential candidate in 2016. And until there's a big, I don't want to get into the story. The story's fantastic. I just don't have time with what we have left today. I've talked about this before, though. But Trump came to Indianapolis. His plane went before he was, he was the nominee, but before he was president, before he'd announced his officially decided. But it was, they had, practically decided it was going to be Gingrich. But he had a flat tire. I think it was a flat tire on his aircraft. So he stayed the night with uh, here in Indianapolis with Mike and Karen Pence, Governor Pence at the time. And it was during that those conversations, that time together, that the family decided Pence was going to be the running mate. And one of the factors was that, you know, back then... 2016, a lot of conservative Christians were still not sure about Trump. There were a lot of people who said, I'm not voting or I'm going to vote for Hillary, which never, never, ever for a millisecond made any sense to me, especially when it was framed as Trump's just like Hillary or the people think Trump, well, people thought Trump was going to be just like Hillary. And my thought is we know who Hillary is. In the worst case scenario, Trump might be as bad as her, but he could also be better just just logically to me if you didn't adhere to the clinton philosophy or the clinton machine you should have still opted to choose trump in that scenario anyway but point is point is in 16 they wanted there was concern that some of the conservative christian i'm conservative christian i was not in this boat because i was clear to me that i was voting for for trump or whoever won the republican uh, nomination but they wanted they you know the uh, the folks involved in making those decisions to build political alliances and so forth wanted Pence on the ticket because he could connect to the conservative Christian and some of the conservative Christians were not sure about Trump right they didn't know this guy's whatever people thought or still think or what have you and Pence would kind of alleviate those fears and concerns. That was the thinking, and it turned out that that probably played a factor in 16 for some folks. And when, when you're dealing with a close election, that's a big deal. But as I was telling Oz during the break, I think in 2024 it's different. I think in 2024, first of all, we all know that Pence is never going to be Trump's. I mean, that, that, that ship has sailed. That bridge has been burnt to the ground. There is not going to be a Trump-Pence 2024 ticket. So if the concern in 2016 was having a president who could connect or a vice presidential candidate who could connect Trump to the conservative Christian part of the base, I think in 2024, in my mind, 
everybody on that ticket, everybody that's kind of part of that group, you have to be fighter. You have that has to be first and foremost. So then to me, it immediately makes you wonder, does DeSantis get on the ticket as vice president if Trump runs? And does that make DeSantis a quality choice? I mean, I think it does, by the way. But, you know, he may also help in Florida. Some others might say that could hurt in Florida. But then again, he's, I mean, he is the sitting, he was won the election in Florida. Um, I think that that's a good thing for Florida. I'm just, you know, you'll have varying arguments on this stuff. But the other thing is he's he's a fighter. And then not to mention, not to mention, I think one of the, again, as I said last segment, the advantage to Trump serving four years and then having this time off is to is to really strategically come up with an approach to hit the ground running. And I think he hit the ground running in, in 2017 when he took office, but I think even more so, you know, even more so to alleviate the mess that we're in. You know, as and as I say all these things today and the fighting and all this, Juan Williams has a column out. Juan Williams, that's right. Juan Williams, the liberal. I don't want to call Juan a radical leftist, but he's he's a pretty leftist liberal. Um, and he's basically saying that all of this distrust toward the government is the result of President Trump. But to me, how can one call himself an analyst when I know myself and lots of other people like me, long before Trump came along, had a massive distrust for our federal government, for government in general, because of what government does. And that's that had nothing to do with Trump. And we have been calling for the shrinking of departments or the all you know all out elimination of certain departments of government. The, the federal government is beyond where it is supposed to be by magnitudes I can't even articulate to you. And there's plenty of work to be done and dismantling the beast and making it get back into the proper size and shape and scope is a number one priority. And in order to do that, I think everyone on the ticket, everyone in the administration had better be ready for one heck of a fight because when you go to dismantle this radical leftist beast that's been created in this federal government, they are not going to go out without a fight. It is going to be one heck of a fight in almost inconceivable ways, almost making these past few years that we've we've walked through look like chump change. I'm telling you, these folks, they don't sleep. They're not about to cede an inch to people that want to see our government restored into the size and scope of where it was supposed to be constitutionally all along. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at My Pillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our My Pillow towels and our really soft, comfortable My Pillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TOD 
to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TODD. Friends, I don't. I referenced this yesterday. I wanted to talk about this a little bit more, but basically, the Biden administration is trying to redefine, redefine the term inflation. And why is that? Because when numbers come out, I'm telling you, you know this, you know this. When the numbers come out, the numbers are going to show that the United States economy is in a recession. In a recession as we're heading into the midterm elections. In a recession as we head to the midterm elections when the party who's not in power, these midterm elections, historically the party not in power wins seats. You factor that in with inflation, which supposedly is 9.1%. But folks, for the things that you buy, that you have to buy to survive in this American economy, gas and food, for example, those have inflated much, much, much more higher than 9.1%. Give us all a break. We can see it each and every time we go to the gas pump or to the grocery store, go to a restaurant, take your pick. So they can't, can you imagine, can you imagine open border check inflation at least, I mean, at least for the things you buy over in double digits check. Um, what else do we have? We've got uh, the woke wokeism all around us. Check, check, check. Right, just unmitigated disaster, dumpster fire, all that stuff. On top of that, you throw officially now we've walked into a recession. Walked into a recession. So that's what's on the ballot. And who owns that? Whose fingerprints are one hundred percent on this? The radical left, the Democrat Party, Joe Biden. 100%, my friends. There's nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. When they when they want to, they the left, they the media, they, your liberal leftist friends, want to talk about how great this economy is or how great you know, it is, that how happy they are they voted for Biden. There is not one measurable reason any person alive who is intellectually honest could give you as to why they're happy about this vote for Biden. And so now the administration wants to redefine the, uh, what actually constitutes a recession, making it much more subjective so that they can, can of course tell us that there's not a recession just in time to get past the 2022 midterms. Anyway, these people are, I mean, they're just ruthless and out of control. Quick time out, my friends come back and wrap up in just a minute. Unfortunately, that is all of the time that we have today. So I hope you've enjoyed this little, I don't know, just a little bit of a precursor. Since since it was in the news, Trump calling Fox News the dark side, or Fox and Friends, I should say, the dark side for basically citing other polls where DeSantis was ahead of Trump, at least in certain demographics, why Trump had you know, won massively in the poll at Turning Point USA. Just, you know, we're to the point where this sort of stuff matters. But what we need, again, is principled conservative values. And absolutely, without any question whatsoever, we have to have someone, a team of someone, prepared to fight in ways 
It's hard to fathom. Folks, I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.